Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. Joining us for the panel today, uh, Lavina. Good. How are you, mate? How's uh, beautiful Tauranga? Mate, and I didn't think you sounded like Smitty Ricardo. So, yes, yeah, good to know it's you, buddy. Good yeah, to know it's you. Yeah, thanks, mate. And also joining us today uh, is the man who hosts the Saturday session, uh, Daniel the Snake McCarty. G'day, mate. How are you? Rick Dog, what a treat to be alongside you, and what a great honour to be beside uh, Lavina. That's a terrible pun, though, Lavina, isn't it? <laughs> Couldn't help myself. Uh, well, they only call her Lavina Good because Lavina Great was already taken. Apparently, that's uh, exactly. That, exactly. That's, exactly. That's, that's what I. That's what I yeah. hear. That's what I hear. Hey, uh, seriously though, uh, Rugby League World Cup, Lavina. I know you'll be fizzing for this, mate. Um, and we've got uh, uh, the Kiwis get their second game uh, underway on Sunday. They play the Jamaicans, and they've made quite a few changes to the team. What have you made of the of the Rugby League World Cup so far? I'm into it, buddy. I'm I'm a leaguey, as you know. I go way back, so I'm actually really enjoying the Rugby League World Cup. I was actually just reading this morning because there was a bit of a gripe about some of the tickets being too expensive. In fact, you can go along to this New Zealand-Jamaica game and might be up for a £75 ticket, which is close to 300-plus New Zealand. So a few peeps have been complaining about that, but they've had 100,000 seats for the first seven games, and I think New Zealand-Lebanon got more than 5,000 to their game. So I think it's growing uh, in popularity overseas, and and the more the Kiwis win and and play, the more that people pay attention to it here. I'm into the changes. I'm really looking forward to seeing Sebastian Chris, just 23 years of age. You'd know he's a a Raiders centre. I'm looking forward to him getting a chance um, on the wing. I think he might be replacing Militalo, I would assume, anyway. Mm. Um, And and also, we get a chance to check out Scotty Sorensen, the uh, two-time premiership winning forward for the Penrith Panthers. He'll debut from the bench. And those who are familiar with the Sorensen name will know his uncles, Kurt and Dane Sorensen. So I think it's a great opportunity uh, for him. And I like the other changes as well. I want to see Nuokoro partnering with uh, Peter Hiku. That excites me in the centres. I think that's a combination that could push the Kiwis forward as they face Fiercer competitors, and we'll also, I think, see Zelezniak is on the right wing, I would assume. Yeah, he must be on the right wing. So the changes are happening. Got a new captain, Fisher Harris, because Bromwich gets a bit of a spell. Nakora will come in for Papalihi, who will start on the interchange. So not afraid to um, toss the dice at this stage is Madge Maguire to see where they'll go. But, you know, they're up against the Jamaican side, the first time in the World Cup for the... Jamaicans, they lost to Ireland 48-2. to So they haven't scored a try so far in their World 
Cup campaign and they'd be looking to do it. I do like one of their players. He's um, the captain from the Huddersfield Giants, Ashton Golding. He can play rugby league. He's a fierce competitor and he's tough as old now. So I don't think the um, Kiwis will be resting on their laurels too much. It's about winning, winning impressively and also getting as many points on the board as they possibly can. And I'm excited for the match against Jamaica, even though most people wouldn't be able to name a Jamaican player. I didn't even know they played footy in Jamaica, but they do because they've got six members from their club side that are representing rugby league at the World Cup. So I'm amped, mate. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, what about you, Daniel? Uh, the Rugby League World Cup, of course, uh, it, it is uh, on available on Spark Sport to watch uh, this uh, tournament. And, you know, the spread of teams and the spread of talent is probably bigger and, and, and more widespread than I would have thought uh, coming into the tournament. Yeah, I, I think that's reflected in some of the tight games. Uh, you know, Tonga, Papua New Guinea, what, that was just a converted try. Uh, I think also a converted try. Cook Islands getting over Wales. So there were a couple of uh, tight games. You, know, you always sort of worry about the depth across the board, whether it can sort of be compelling viewing to keep our uh, interest over every single group game. I, I think that can be a bit of a concern. Uh, with all due respect to Jamaica, I expect New Zealand to win, win big. And I, I see this game as, as more of an audition, really. I, I think after this game, everyone who's either not suspended or injured from the Kiwis would have seen some action in the opening two games. So that's the luxury of the softer draw against Lebanon, Jamaica into the key game and group stage against Ireland. So it might be a bit of an audition, if you will. So uh, surely uh, the real selection we should be concerned about is next week's, because uh, I think that will be the indication of who they'll go with with the playoffs. Surely, Ricardo, you, you want to build some combinations heading into those uh, into those bigger games of the tournament. So I, I'm probably more interested on, on the selection on that. But I'm with Levita. I can't wait to see Scott Sorensen play the 29-year-old debut- debutant. That's pretty cool in itself, isn't it? Someone, you know, poking around 30, finally uh, cracking the international game. But uh, to Lavina's point, that's the fifth member of the Sorensen uh, family um, playing for the Kiwis. It's like 70 years of history. I think we can call them a dynasty now, can't we, uh, Rick Dog? I think we can. Uh, one of my favourite rugby league memories as a kid is of Kurt Sorensen, who was an absolute tank, uh, being mobbed by about three or four Australians, and uh, there was a bit of a, a bit of a Donny Brook, as they used to say, and Dale Shearer, the little Queensland winger, was stood off to the side just like loose-arming uh, Kurt Sorensen off to the side while he was being held down, and then all of a sudden he did the incredible Hulk and just stood up, and Australians went flying. Any, everywhere, and honestly, you saw Dale Shearer's foo-foo valve give out at that moment in time on screen. Shearer showed some good gas running away from the scene of the crime. Very much so, <laughs> Lavina. I, I, I don't know if you remember that one. I remember it like it was yesterday. I love the Incredible Hulk analogy. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. And the Aussies came in like flies or bees to a swarm. It was great. Great footy back in the day with, with a bit of best. A lot of people say bring back the beef. I don't know if you're allowed, but it's always very entertaining. Yeah. Now, Lavina, um, we're going to take a break for news and sport. But before we do that, I wanted to ask you, because the other game, I think, in this group is the one uh, that I'll be most interested in, and it is Luke Carey's Island up against Mitchell Moses's Lebanon. Um, I, I, if you can put your Parramatta eye patch off, off to the side for one moment, which way do you think this game goes? I'm partially Lebanese now, mate. You know my blood runs blue and gold, so yeah. now um, I'm partially Lebanese this way. I know Ireland did have that pretty impressive victory over Jamaica, but, you know, Luke Clary kind of um, ended his 
career on the South Point to decide to go overseas and injuries have plagued him. And I honestly think Mitch Moses is, is very, very unlucky not to be in that Australian side. Parramatta would not have got into the grand final without him. They needed him on top form to win against the Panthers and he's had a remarkable year. So I'm going to vote for Lebanon on that one. All the way, buddy. All the way. Yeah, all right. There we go. Uh, the panel will continue shortly. We're going to cover off the FIFA Women's World Cup draw, the T20 World Cup cricket, the Silver Ferns and the NPC final after the latest in news and sport from Aroha. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. 29 away from 11, the panel is back with Daniel McCarty and Lavina Good. And uh, Daniel, you are commentating the first game of the T20 World Cup for the Black Caps on Saturday when they take on the Aussies at the SCG. Uh, my question for you is how far do you think the Black Caps go in this tournament? Well, it's tough. You've got to finish in your top two once the polls are determined. Of course, we're still going through the playoff tournament. Sri Lanka will join New Zealand. Uh, you'd still expect New Zealand to be too strong for them. But re- really, New Zealand have got, you know, according to, to most of the totes going around the, the cricketing globe, the number one and two uh, ranked sides uh, alongside them in England and Australia. The Australians, the defending champs, of course, a very settled side. Uh, basically 10 of the 11 that beat New Zealand in the final uh, will return for game number one. Their luxury is they get to drop a guy called Steve Smith. Yep, Steve Smith likely to be dropped um, as they bring in a guy called Tim David who's been compared to Andrew Simons. Yippee, whoop de doo great. We've got another Andrew Simons to contend with. Uh, that's the, the verdict of Ricky Ponting. So that's going to be tough. New Zealand are capable. They, they, Rick, Rick, we can't go past your ability um, to play almost above their heads at world tournaments. I know that is not a guarantee to happen this time around but it does give you give you confidence that they can and uh, you know compete. So I see them maybe getting into the semi-finals. Beyond that, I've got them in the sort of second tier of contenders. I had them alongside the likes of South Africa. South Africa beat them by nine wickets in a warm-up game. So you know to go one better than maybe a year ago might be a bit of a stretch. But uh, you know I, I think now with New Zealand's record, um, you're looking to make um, knockout stages as, as sort of your pass mark. Mm, yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, Lavina, we mentioned there, or uh, Daniel mentioned there, that Steve Smith's getting dropped. Darren Finch, of course, got the uh, got the axe halfway through a win in the Chapel Hadley series because he wasn't delivering with the bat. How far away do you think the Black Caps are making that call on Kane Williamson? And, and, and do the Kiwis need to be more ruthless like the Aussies are in that in that sense? Yeah, interesting points, actually, Ricardo. I was just thinking about Kane Williamson as Daniel was speaking then because he hasn't really recovered from that elbow injury. And I think what if the Black Caps want to go all the way in this tournament, you know, it, it's been a stuttering year for them, but Williamson will have to score fast and high. He has to be a prolific scorer. The other change is I do like the fact that Devin Conway is an opener. I see him as a real solid opener and a safe opener. And then you've got Phil Allen, so I tell you what, he, he's just got a variety of shots. But like sometimes I absolutely love him when he scores heaps of shots and other time he scares the crap out of me. But Gary Steed came out and said, I want Alan instead of Gupdul, who was, you know, the highest run scorer in T20 history. Mm. And Alan showed against Pakistan just how explosive he could be. And in my eyes, he'll either get out for under 20 or close to a century. So if he can hang out at the crease, and score loads of runs, um, I think the Black Caps are in with a great chance. I'm really interested whether or not Sodi will spin. I know we need to have a spinner at the T20. It goes without a doubt. But will it be Bracewell or will it be Santler? I don't know. I mean, Bracewell's pretty good with the bat as well. 
So that's a decision that Steed um, will have to make himself. But I actually see this Australian side as looking a little vulnerable, actually, Daniel, to be fair. I think on the back of Aaron Finch having the woes with the white ball, it's yeah. certainly been unpredictable every time he comes out. Against India, he was good, but it was a warm-up, mate, you know? So Australia, yeah. if they're ever going to be there for the taking, as well as their options for bowlers five and six, this could be an opportunity at the Sydney Cricket Ground tomorrow night for the Black Caps to maybe make a statement. Yeah, I hear you, Lavina. This is exactly what I said 12 months ago, and they went on to win the World Cup. I signed their death warrant before that World Cup. I thought they had no <laughs> chance. Um, but, but for some reason, they're right. And, and let's be frank, they're at home. They're at home. Australia do well at home. Um, New Zealand's best chance on Saturday night actually might be the Sydney weather. I think rain, thunderstorms in the forecast, threats oh, yeah. of that, possibly that game yeah. being abandoned, that spot a point. I don't think New Zealand would be devastated at that. Uh, uh, so I would leave them in a bit of a tightrope, so we're going to keep an, an eye on that. I'm going to say something a little bit unpopular here, fellas. I think we put way... Um, and ladies, uh, sorry about that. Um, I, I think we put way too much stock in Kane Williamson um, in this New Zealand side. I think if we actually look at his career, guys, he, he's, he's not a world-class T20 player like uh, you would say in one day in, t- in Test match cricket. You know, averages in the low 30, the strike rate um, only around the, the 100 you know, 120 mark over his career. You compare that to Coley, Warner and the other best going around. Uh, New Zealand's a collective. Um, Conway, Williamson, the, the certain type of players, they can't carry more traditional, two uh, more traditional batsmen than those two. So it's the sum of all New Zealand parts, I, I would say, is the key to it, to our batting through that top six. Yeah, the Black Caps are brought to you by Big Barrel, Big Range, Bigger Deals. Become our mate and get rewarded at bigbarrel.co.nz. Let's uh, talk Silver Ferns. Lavina, they um, they they split the squad, uh, left Petha Tuiava at home after they won the first two. Now they've gone over to Australia and they've been absolutely uh, smacked uh, in the first of the, the games over in Aussie. Do you think they bounce back in game four or, or is this uh, the they diamonds need, to take? They need to send her a ticket. They need to send her a first-class ticket <laughs> to get her over there. I mean, isn't that interesting? The Aussies go down, you know, in uh, Toronga and, and Hamilton, and then everyone's like, oh, they might be a different team at side, and they go, go home. Jamie Lee Price played like her dad did for the Warriors, like they're in a grand final. Honestly, she, she went through a power of work for Australia. Those netball fans might remember that she represented um, the Magic many, many years ago when her dad was out here and she was only a young gun, 17 years of age. But she, she got a chance to have a crack for... Australia. I thought for the Aussies also when I was watching that Joe um, Weston, she did not play as far as I know in New Zealand. I did not see her in those first two games, but she was a menace in defence and she just rattled the Silver Ferns shooters. And, you know, they've got at the other end, Sophie Garman, who also didn't play, who shot absolutely brilliantly. So the turnover of points is really interesting because, you know, all of a sudden the Silver Ferns were thinking, We've won two games. We win one more, we've won it. But in the back of their minds, it's like, oh, there's a goal deficit of 13. Oh, there's a goal deficit of 13. So it was almost like a defeatist attitude. And that's mm. why they made so many mistakes from the beginning. They, were, they came out, looked lacklustre. I think they had 26 turnovers against them, 24 fewer attempts at goal than what the Diamonds did. And this is a side that wow. they had beaten twice within the last, 10 days. So the Diamonds were hungry, critical, disruptive, and the Ferns kind of looked to me frazzled, disjointed, and looked like a side lacking confidence. So it will come down to the big one, which will be on the Gold Coast, which will be a decider. But what needs to happen for those Silver Ferns? They need to have a sit-down, a good old quarter-door, 
and a hui with Nolan Totua, and she has to say, you need to start aggressively. You cannot afford to make mistakes. You need to set the platform for the rest of the match. Don't worry about goals here, there and everywhere. Just win this goddamn thing so we can take the Constellation Cup back from Australia. And to do it, Ricardo and Daniel, I really think they have to find a way of shutting down the captain who played wing attack, Liz Watson. She was the orchestrator. She was the Sean Johnson of the Warrior Days of old. She dominated proceedings. And the wing defence that comes out for the Silver Ferns has to shut her down. Otherwise, that Constellation Cup will remain in Australia. Daniel, the cha- the opportunity to, to get a, a series win over Australia just ahead of the World Cup uh, doesn't seem to have been high on Nolene Toro's agenda. Um, I mean, it feels more like the Constellation Cup than the Constellation Cup at this stage because it, <laughs> it doesn't seem like they're, they're that bothered about winning it with the way they've treated it. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair critique, uh, Ricardo. There, there does seem to be a lot of experimentation, not only in the Silver Ferns, but in World Netball overall. Um, you know, how much stock do they put in this? I, I, I think fans really care about it. Um, at, at times, I wonder if uh, these teams do as much. Uh, it's a little bit strange to, to leave a player at home, go over there, lose by 15. I think New Zealand will bounce back. I don't think they bounce back by 16 goals, though. Uh, so Australia win. So to, explain this to me, team. So it's two-all. How do we decide who wins? Points for and against. Why, why, is, why, is, why, is there, why is there not a fifth game? Like, seriously. Yeah, exactly, mate. I like, agree. The, the, these I these agree. series, these four-game series, decided on points to... It's a nonsense, isn't it? It's an utter nonsense. Couldn't agree yeah, with you I more, Daniel. Yeah, me too, mate. Yeah. Too. All right. Send it, uh, write it in a memo. Send a memo, Daniel. Yeah, that's going straight in the trash can when it arrives. <laughs> oh, it's from McCarty. Burn that one. Now, uh, with all this rugby league sport, uh, rugby World Cup sport going on, rugby league World Cup, the T20 World Cup, uh, the Silver Ferns Constellation Cup final, uh, it feels like it's flown a bit under the radar. But tomorrow night in Auckland, the FIFA World Cup draw is done for the Women's World Cup that is co-hosted by New Zealand and Australia next year. Uh, Going to be at this thing. Ian Wright, the former England and Arsenal striker, Gilberto Silva, former World Cup winner with Brazil and for Arsenal player. Uh, we're also got, you know, Zoe Sadowski Sinnott's going to be there. Carly Lloyd, the two-time winner of the Women's World Cup for the US as well. It's flying a bit under the radar, Daniel. Are you, are you hearing much about it? Oh, there's the odd story here or there. Um, it's certainly not flying under the radar as far as FIFA and New Zealand football and all the other head wobblers, as I like to call them. 800 guests. Ricardo, 800 guests will be in attendance, um, and, uh, you know, including a swag of FIFA um, fish heads of the highest order. But a great cavalcade of stars you've uh, uh, rattled off there. So it probably has gone under a little bit of, of the radar. Carly Lloyd, what an incredible career she fashioned. How's this for numbers? She played for the United States 316 times and scored 134 goals. Uh, an absolute megastar of uh, women's uh, world football, no doubt about that. Um, but it's ceremony, it's pomp. I'm really, I don't care much about who's there. I care about what, um, you know, balls get pulled out of what pots. Uh, the, the beauty of uh, this tournament, 32 teams, it's expanding, it's, it's the largest, so there's going to be more eyeballs on this. There'll be more people watching when the draw's actually made. Uh, New Zealand is co-host, the first time it's across two nations with Australia and New Zealand get a huge advantage now, don't they? Uh, because they go into pot one along with the other ranked sides. 
So essentially, a group is made up, the eight groups made up of uh, one team from pot one, pot two, pot three, pot four, all the pots determined by world rankings. New Zealand would normally be, Ricardo, around pot three, wouldn't they? Uh, so mm. they, they would have generally two stronger teams in their pool. New Zealand will be in pot one. They're, they're guaranteed um, that. So uh, New Zealand, Australia will have favourable draws. I'm just keen to see what names get plucked out and who uh, our football ferns will go up against. Lavina, is it is it something that you've uh, that's grabbed your attention? Did you even know it was happening? Mate, it'll grab my attention next July when it kicks off. But mm. the fanfare is underway. I was pretty cool. Ian Wright's coming. I mean, the Crystal Palace God. I was like, that that's awesome. You know, <laughs> to bring him along. And we're, a few of us have heard of Carly Lloyd because she she won those two titles for the USA. But I've got a couple of buddies, Ricardo, that are footy frenzy freaks, and their mumsies are teenage girls um, that are hoping to develop their game to get scholarships overseas so that the gra- the game grows in popularity and they can head overseas to university. And they mentioned to me yesterday, actually, it was just over a cup of tea. Hazy IPA, mate. It was actually a hazy IPA. <laughs> and um, they mentioned to me yesterday that the, the World Cup um, is bigger than the Men's Rugby World Cup in terms of global television audience, which I had no idea. Mm. And they had all the facts. They said in 2019 in France at the Women's World Cup, 1.1 billion viewers in terms of global television audience watch in comparison to the Men's Rugby World Cup, which is about it's 800 growing. and 73 million. So, it, you know, it'll, I think it'll grapple New Zealand once it kicks off um, next year in July. And I feel as though the sentiments of those that have um, teenage girls or even primary school girls that are hoping to develop their football career to have opportunities overseas will engulf us here all over the motu, I would assume. So I'm excited about it when it happens. Not so much excited about the fanfare that's happening with the draw. I'm more like Daniel waiting to see who we will be up against and who, in fact, England will be up against. They're the European champs. And I I love watching the Poms play uh, football, the beautiful game, whether or not it's uh, the men's or the women's. But they had that victory recently, 2-1 over the USA, which was a friendly. And they had the nil-all draw with the Czech Republic. So I'll be keeping a good old eye on England throughout that as well. And I'm actually looking forward to this tournament being hosted by Australia and us here in Aotearoa next year. Bring it on, mate. Yeah, bring it on. Bring it on indeed. Lavina, thanks very much for being on the panel this morning, mate. Great to chat to you. Go well. Have a great weekend. Easy. You too. Nice to speak to you and Daniel. Have a good one. Thank you. And uh, Mr McCarty, before I let you go, I know you've got the Saturday session tomorrow, but uh, as a died-in-the-wall tragic Wellington rugby fan, how is the PTSD uh, head of playing Canterbury for the title? 2006, 2007, 2008, 2009, 2013, 2019. Have I got the last six finals right? 0-6. 0-6. And, and, and I only go back to 2006. I'm sure there's more since they last one 22 years ago. I heard someone say, was it to Guy Havel during the week that, uh, you know, it's been a long time since Canterbury won it. Hey, they won back in 2017 and that ended a streak of nine and ten years. Come on, Canterbury, just give us one. That's all I ask. Just one. We're not being too greedy. We're not being too greedy. Just one. Just one. Just one. We'll hear more about that on the Saturday session uh, tomorrow from uh, 10 o'clock. Daniel, thank you for your time on the panel. My pleasure. Have a great day, everyone. Yeah, you too, mate. Uh, Quarter to 11 here on SENZ. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.